Welcome to How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X. This show is produced by E-Presence, and I am Mark Galvin, the founder and president of that agency. We're coming to you live from the soup. Wait a minute. No, we're not. We are pretending to come to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, because this is our monthly show that will be running on Gwinnett Business Radio X. Uh, My good friend over there, uh, Mike Salmon, and I have uh, agreed we're going to continue to do our remote podcast or remote show from home as we we are working through the COVID-19 crisis. So, What do we do here on our show? We talk about business and social media. We talk about ways that you, a business owner, can make social media work better for you. We try to have a lot of fun. We try to bring on great guests and give you an expanded sense of knowledge that will help you out in this space. This show is brought to you by the uh, firm ePresence, and we're a social media agency. We do that for both companies and individuals. So, Got something uh, we've been talking about a little bit on the show. If you've heard to us talk about this before, this is not going to be a surprise. We're, ru- we're running webinars for people to get on LinkedIn and clean up a LinkedIn profile. We do five things that make your profile look great. And a lot of you need to know that LinkedIn is key. Did you know that LinkedIn only had 35 million subscribers in 2008? So here we are in our the next financial crisis. We're up to 680 million people on LinkedIn. That means that LinkedIn is going to be ground zero for helping you get that next position, get a promotion, or build some ROI for as you're if you're doing sales. So you ought to join us for this. We used to we were running this for 37.50. It was half price. We're doing it all the way up until the end of May. At the end of May, starting in June, so June. I think June 2nd is the first day we're running our webinar in June. It's going up to $74.94, which is our normal price. So come on, join us. We've got uh, about 29 seats left before through the end of the month. Um, join us for the $37.50 and, and learn how to make LinkedIn work great for you. All right. So we got a great show for you today. Uh, in fact, I'm a little nervous. We have uh, we've got somebody big to join us. But before I do that, I'm going to tease you with a little news. The news today is we're going to talk about how you can please the LinkedIn algorithm. And buying it a bourbon is not the way to please it. So I'm just telling you, we're going to teach you how you can make sure you make that LinkedIn, LinkedIn algorithm work well for you. We also have a great customer or, or a listener question that's going to come in. But before we get into that, I want to bring in our guest. So <clears throat> i got to straighten my shirt up. Let's make sure I'm sitting straight. This guy is awesome. He is running his own daily podcast. I'm surprised he had time to join us. Help me welcome Glenn Hausman to How's Your E-Presence. Glenn! Hey, thanks so much. <laughs> uh, you got to try harder with trying to get good guests. You really got wow. to the bottom of the barrel here uh, with me, Mark. Yeah, that's, you know, th- that is right, except that the, when we get down to the section we start talking to you, anyone that has 16,382 followers on LinkedIn isn't a nobody. Hey, hate to correct you, sixteen thousand eight hundred. Makes give me enough this, credit, right? Uh, no, too. Well, it's, hey, it's not your fault. I'm very fortunate <laughs> that this uh, this this crisis. Everyone's at home. Everyone's so bored. They're saying, "Hey, let's connect with Glenn." I so, love it. I've um, been very, very uh, fortunate to really be able to expand my audience right now. Yeah, and you and I met on that show. As a matter of fact, speaking mm-hmm. of being fortunate, you had uh, you had me on there with Joe Rice. We were talking about resumes and how to make LinkedIn work a little better. And I'm about to say you were so great. We had have you had to have you back a second time. Well, so. I like to Thanks tell everybody that. you wanted to pay me twice. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> so who are who is Glenn? Right? You don't have time on your show to really go into this, but a lot of people do know. But I'm I've got your bio. It's like five pages long here, and it says that uh, you have more than just one podcast. What other podcast do you run? I do. Well, things are changing a little bit because of the COVID situation, okay. but because of uh, this, things have changed. I think I just said that twice. But anyway, <laughs> I had the uh, the Mothership Show, No Vacancy with Glenn Hausman. We'll be celebrating We'll make sure we fix it on the back enough. end just so All right, you know, Thank you very so you much. <laughs> So we'll have, uh, we got that, um, we got the No Vacancy with Glenn Hausman, our Mothership podcast. Uh, we also have the uh, Hotel Design podcast and the Hotel Tech podcast and the Business of Hotels podcast. All three are on hiatus right now because of the, uh, the COVID crisis. Uh, you know, obviously all of us have lost a lot of business. That's no surprise out there. So those things are all in holding mode. But I also do the uh, Checking In with Anthony and Glenn podcast, which while not on hiatus and while the No Vacancy podcast is not really on hiatus during this time, we kind of combined them. We kind of dropped all of our typical, you know, you know, walls that we had up there. And we just created this live show that's kind of No Vacancies checking in with Anthony and Glenn or checking in with Anthony and Glenn brought to you by No Vacancy. Who, who the heck knows right. what it is, but uh, people seem into it. Well, <laughs> it's, it is a great show. And for those of you out there that are interested in what's going on in the hospitality biz, Glenn and Anthony really get into that space. And it's what's great is that you guys are bringing folks in that are talking, you know, what does the future look like? There's a lot of questions. If you want the pulse of what's going on in that space, this is a great show to to jump into and listen. But besides the podcast that you guys are doing, you know, and who's Anthony, right? I should have, who is that guy? That's what I say all the time. <laughs> so you have a great co-host with Anthony. I right? do. Uh, those of you guys might know uh, Anthony Melcury as the uh, the host of uh, the Travel Channel's Hotel Impossible show. I think it now uh, airs all the time on Discover America, which is a great channel to catch up on that. So uh, it's a lot of fun being able to do a show with him because he's a hardcore hotelier. Yeah, right? yeah, he's yeah. He's that general manager type personality that gets in there in the properties and me – I approach the industry a little bit differently. I'm on that executive kind of uh, universe. I started out as a okay. hotel industry journalist. Well, I started out in elsewhere, but I found my way to being a hotel industry uh, journalist at some point. And I kind of fell into the mix with all of the CEO types, all the executives, all the chief development officers for all the major brands, all the major management companies are the ones that actually run a lot ah. of the hotels that you folks see out there. So we have very different kind of uh, views. He's property level down. I'm kind of property level up. Got so it. it works out really great. It does work back well. and forth. That's a good mm -hmm. partnership. And, yeah. and so you are a public speaker. So you, you're running conferences. You're the keynote. You're That's the right. MC. You do all of that kind of work as well. I did all that. Yeah. Well, hopefully, <laughs> knock on wood, that'll be I back just soon. Wanna, I think it's important for everybody to know that we've all been crushed hard right. in this. I lost... So many speaking gigs, March, April, May, June, July. I have no idea what's going to happen with some of them in the fall, but I'm quite concerned about that. So, uh, you know, we had a good thing going in that, but now we've all got to switch gears and try to reinvent ourselves, which is why social media, in my opinion, has been really, really so critical now. Right. It is certainly keeping us connected. Well, Glenn, thanks for being here. Folks, we'll drop more of his bio on in the show notes, so please take a look for that. 
once we uh, once we finish the end the end of this thing here. So let's do this. If you're okay with it, Glenn. So you know how this goes. You get to sit here and be my live studio audience. So as I say something and you think I'm wrong, you get to call me out. You get to give oh, me feedback it. on news, whatever it is. Uh, Jump in, throw it at me. All right, sound like a deal. All right. A good thing was I've been practicing my booing and hissing all morning, <laughs> so I'm ready. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, good. Yeah. I, I haven't, you know, it's been a long. I, well, no, I've got three kids. I've been booed and hissed daily. Uh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> my my kids are. I've got 16 year old twins right now. They just sleep all day. Yeah. So I don't even see them anymore. That is right. They woke, <laughs> wake up at one. They say, where's the coffee? Yeah, I, I, I get that. So here's the deal, folks. We would love for you to send questions to us. You can send them to me on any of my social media sites. And I have one social media handle, ePresenceMG. So, and I recommend that you do the same thing. Standardize your handle everywhere you go. So Send me an email or send me a, a message on, a direct message on Twitter. Hit me on LinkedIn, wherever, Facebook. Send me a message if you'd like to be included in our listener questions. And so today's question comes from Howard Smith. Howard Smith is the, um, the Senior Vice President of Strategic Alliances and Sponsorships at Hershen Enterprises. So, Anthony, and not Anthony, Glenn, Glenn, who am I interviewing? I, you know, I, I know that you really want him, and uh, so I'm, I'm not surprised by being called Anthony. So, do you know? Do you have you ever heard of Hershen Enterprises? Nope. So these guys are the they they run Stone Mountain in Atlanta, which is this large oh. park in Atlanta. They are the Harlem Globetrotters is their property. They have. A lot of great things that they do, and um, Howard, as senior vice president with them, is a is really well connected. So I'm thrilled that he sent a question in. So here's his question: What are some guidelines for posting content? This is actually very nice because it goes really pairs nicely with our news for the day. Yeah. Um, how often should you post? Also, what are some tips in ensuring content gets seen to the broadest audience? So here's the gig, which is really interesting. LinkedIn has the best organic reach of any system, any platform out there. So, and you know, and it logically, this makes sense. Because number one, how does Facebook make money? Through advertising. Do, hey, Anthony. Glenn. <laughs> I love that look. Who? You just, who you didn't I? even let me go with it. Oh, what are you going to do? That's right. So Glenn, who, yes. how much are you paying for your Facebook profile? I'd be paying... Zero. That's right. How much do you pay for Twitter? Uh, also zero, and I kind of not even using it as much as I used to. So, all right, but what about LinkedIn? Are you paying for LinkedIn? I'm a sucker. I'm a premium. I'm a premium payer. Right. So, as well as I am. So you can tell immediately. LinkedIn is not necessarily focused exclusively on selling advertising. They do that, and it's worth it if you can if you have the right ROI, and that's a whole other conversation. But because of LinkedIn's uh, business model, they have a better organic reach. If you are right. posting good content, you'll reach more people on LinkedIn. So right. when you're posting uh, content- That's correct, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you'd probably say Eric, because Eric's the producer on the back end, right? But it is because if you share great content on LinkedIn, you're right. going to reach more people. But let's mm -hmm. just look at all social media. One mm -hmm. of the things that we don't want to do is you don't want to just share content that is me, 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 me. 
We used to do that on on social media, right? That's what we. You remember back in Facebook where you would be, it would be like Glenn Hausman is thinking about making money today or whatever it would be. Right. Like, things have changed so much. They has now a lot of people are looking at those posts saying, "Who cares?" So yeah. it's so important that you're sharing content. Like the, the, our mission here on How's Your Presence is to share content with you that'll help you. So that's why we include this type of this type of content. Here's the gig: if you're sharing information that's going to help your audience, you're going to find that your engagement goes up because people will say something about it. They'll share it. They'll push it to other folks. So that's really, this is, these questions are really an hour and a half seminar. So I'll add it to the list and we'll add that as the next webinar that we offer. And then we'll be able to get Glenn to join us there. So let's get to the news. The news is today is how do you please the LinkedIn algorithm? And so, as you can see, this goes well with the question that came in from Howard. I saw this article this morning, and it came out of martechseries.com and written by, let's see if I can find the author of this. Uh, actually, they're quoting Angela Mulrooney, who is the author of Unleashing Influence, The Secret to Standing Apart on Social Media as a Professional. So mm -hmm. we're going to put this in the show notes. And here's why everyone should read this. She provides some really awesome tips on how you can get LinkedIn to work a little better for you. Now you know why I didn't go in great detail to Howard's question. Here's some of the tips she has. Number one, be smart. She says, put out original and thought-provoking content. So this is great. Glenn, when you guys were starting to decide whether you wanted to do this daily podcast, you knew that if you put out great content, it would help grow your audience. It would, in fact, help your audience and help you. Right. And when you started this process, how did you get better at that? How did you decide to per how to, what content was going to make your audience even inform them better? How did you come to that? Solution. Uh, all right. So I, I, if we're to look at just what we've been doing for the last 10 weeks or so or so with this new live show that we put together, it really came out of a, uh, a place of, of, of need. Suddenly, we found ourselves off the road. Suddenly, we found ourselves in the most profound crisis the travel and hospitality industry has ever faced. Um, suddenly, we didn't know what to do. Everything was all confusing and we were all freaked out. Uh, we, so the only thing that we could do is rely on what we know. And what we know is talking to people, getting people involved. So all we did, and it wasn't even like, hey, let me do something to try to find more people. It was more like, Anthony, Glenn, how can we work together to get the message out? We just hopped on my LinkedIn Live thing one day, and it just kind of went from there. Um, just, hey, so-and-so person I've known for a lot of years that happens to have an amazing title. Why don't you come on and share your experiences with us? And there was something that happened that I can't put my finger on, but because of such the profound nature of this crisis, everything that people normally are about, um, you know, putting up those walls, trying not to really reveal ultimately who they are, speaking in a particular way that's not necessarily forthright and honest, all of that just dissipated it vanished it's like it never existed before this is cool and people came on and they were open and honest and you could feel it yeah and yep. because of that it made a unique connection with people that were watching and it just kind of spread that can combined with the people the fact that people were dying for information right they were starved for a sense of understanding the the 
desperation to know that they weren't in it alone and that there are other people out there. And that's how it all just kind of came together and it just kind of exploded on its own. Plus, Anthony managed to get onto uh, LinkedIn Live, which I'd already had a couple of weeks into this. So then it just kind of exploded from that point. So here's what something you did that you were able to provide something your audience wanted. You put, that's right. You were able, and you didn't, and I suggest this, this is the, the methodology that I use and you did it naturally. And that is put yourself in your audience's shoes and pretend you're them, what do you want to hear? And That's you you attempted to answer that. And you have, you just, it, and it, quite frankly, it it blossomed because you're, as the guests came on, they were looking for an outlet to share this content. You It just simply got better and better and better. And you are, you're getting competitors to come onto the show and they're sharing their deepest, darkest secrets. It's unbelievable. I know, they're on with each other. And for those folks who don't really understand how our hotel universe works, right? Every uh, People think that because Marriott or Hilton is on the top of the, uh, the, the the door of the hotel, that that's who owns it. That's very rare True. that that yeah. happens. It's a lot of individual owners and investors, a lot of small family businesses, particularly when you think of like Holiday Inn Express or right. Hampton Inn and those types of products. And a lot of times, if they're not operated by the actual mom and pop small business, they're operated by management companies. And these management companies fervently um, fight each other all the time for that business. But now coming on the show, they all realize that we're all in it together and they're all kind of sharing trade secrets with each other. And all of those boundaries have just been broken down in our industry. It's fascinating. It is. It really is interesting. So Ken Patel with Global Hotel Group was on our show yesterday, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. So I saw. Yeah. As an example of someone and they have uh, they have motel sex sixes and then they've got uh, the 12 hotel in Atlanta and mm -hmm. double trees. So you can have a number of hotels under under one banner. Well, that's awesome. So providing great content is really important to grow your audience. The other one is you got to be consistent. You guys get this. You're being consistent. You're dropping content every day. And I see you yeah. on LinkedIn interacting with your audience, um, I, I, i.e. your connections. Or you've got a lot of followers, not necessarily that. Do you have the same number of connections as followers? How many connections no, do you have? No, I've got this... 16,800 connections. Okay. Um, and then I'm not sure. How do you, I'm not even sure how to find the additional followers. Yeah. So, so that is, there. I'll show you that offline. That but is, I do yeah. know, Mark, that I get like so-and-so followed you. And that seems to me mythic. I don't even understand how that right. works. So that part of yeah, it. Yeah, this is, a, it's important distinction. So if I land on somebody's profile, I can go in and, and, go up to the top of those two buttons. I can hit a connection request or I can hit more. And when I click more, I can go down and follow them, which means I will see their posts, but I don't have to be connected to them. Right. Now, this is hugely important, huge. If you've got almost 30,000 connections, and Glenn, you're going to be there one day. When you are reaching that 30,000th connection, you're in trouble because you can't have any other connections beyond that which means you got to delete connections. So when you're going to, and this will happen to you, when you reach that end where you're in the 25,000 range, you ought to start saying, follow me, follow me, follow me. If you send me a connection request, it's better if you follow me at this point, you'll still be able to see my content. Fascinating. Yeah. I, I had no idea that that's how it worked. Right. I, love, uh, I, I love learning. That's this right. Awesome. That's good. So if you go look at Bill Gates, He's got a gazillion, right. millions of followers, mm -hmm. but you know his connections are probably in the tens of thousands versus the millions because you can only have thirty thousand connections. 
I figured it just kind of switched over on its own at some point. I had no idea that's yeah. how it worked. Yeah. So, uh, and you're going to. So when I when I do get to thirty thousand followers, should I be one of those guys that their whole claim to fame is just claiming they have thirty thousand followers, but has absolutely no substance or anything <laughs> around it? Well, uh, fortunately, with you, that won't be a problem. But that's a good. Yeah. That's a very important thing. That's why I bring it up. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people, and I and this happens to me all the time. I've got folks that are sending me connection requests, and all they're trying to do is grow their connections, and that's fine. There are other people that'll connect with you. I am much more interested in connecting with someone that can help me today, can help That's me in right. five years or help me in 10 years. How? That's a great attitude. Yeah. I love that five-year, 10-year thing. And if you don't mind, I got a quick story. Yeah. I love stories. Um, <laughs> back, earlier, back earlier on in my career, and I mean before LinkedIn, really before the internet, the best way to network was going to events and cocktail parties, right? Mm -hmm. now, I would go to 85, 90 of those a year because I was living in Manhattan. I was living in Brooklyn. And my wife said to me one day, she's like, you go to all of these events and you never come home with any work. I don't understand it. Why do you keep going? I said, because five years from now, 10 years from now, it's going to make the ultimate difference in my career. I'm not thinking about today. I'm playing the long game for tomorrow. And with, if I really? hadn't done that, I would be years behind, I think, where I am today. And I'm a guy that always feels perpetually behind in my life. So I'm glad I did <laughs> one thing that got me uh, ahead. So that is, that is a great, that's a perfect reason why it's the way you should build your LinkedIn connections. Because... Mm -hmm. You may look at someone and say, ah, you know what, I'm not so sure. But if you think, you know what, in five or ten years, they may be a regional vice president. That's right. Connect with them. One of, uh, one of the guys that I've been connecting with for 15 years or so, suddenly he's the CEO of a major hotel company. Right? What? So, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Right? Uh, you know, my whole my whole class of people, you know, and I mean class, I mean the year we all kind of came into the business. We're yep. in the same kind of family, yep. same kind of age uh, group. Um, we're, a lot of those guys and women have achieved amazing titles now, right? So when you, when you think about your career arc, you know, and you make friends with all those people, at some point in the future, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great asset to you if you can maintain those relationships for a uh, Decades. <laughs> huge, huge asset. There's so many people that I see now in, in big time roles that I think I remember they were a front office agent once upon a time. So yep. building. Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, and let me just say all of the most of the major CEOs of the hotel companies all started out at those entry level positions. Absolutely. You know, and that's a great message for so for folks coming out of college who are looking to get in the hospitality industry. And you see that, you know, the, the position you can get right now is front office or front office supervisor. Great. Take it. Because as soon as you get into that space, and this will happen to you if you're really good at what you do, you'll find you'll get promoted quickly because you'll shine, you'll outshine everybody else on that front desk. So right. that's how you do it. Every, each and every day, just coming in and doing your very best job. All right. And get out of your comfort zone. Someone asks you to do something. Oh, that's a great point. Do it. That's a great point. So here's some other tips that that, uh, that Angela Mulroney shared. Use variety. So definitely shake things up. Just don't drop the same type of content all the time. If you're dropping, if and I call this curating, if you're finding news, so if you go to novacancy.com and you find something to share, which we do recommend that you do that, when you share that content, make sure you say something about it. Just don't share that content. Say why you're posting it. It's kind of like, I read this article. I'm showing you why I think it's valuable. You need to do the same thing if you're sharing right. that content. That's a really good tip, Mark, because, uh, you know, being that I'm a news site, 
Um, my stuff is a little bit different. Sometimes I put out stuff and I don't have that editorial point of view. I am, I just started this week, a brand new show. I'm going to be doing three times a week, short videos, three to five minutes talking about the headlines in the hospitality industry combined with that analysis kind of a element to it. Oh, that's fantastic. But for somebody like for me, it's just more important to get the news out there so others can share it and add context to them. Right. But for all of you folks out there that don't happen to be an industry journalist, whatever business you're in, it's incumbent upon you to show why this news is important, what the educational merits of that piece of news is, and show that you know what you're talking about, you're bringing something new to the conversation, and you're a valuable individual to connect with in the long term. It's brilliant. Absolutely right. I love I'm that. I'm glad we're recording this. Now yeah. I don't have now to, you, uh, you know, I can, you can come I back. steal all the stuff that I said. You can listen to yourself say, yeah, I was smart. <laughs> that was good. I need to do that. Well, uh, sometimes I just play, uh, I'll just play this over and over as I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's dig in to, to you, Glenn, and figure out yeah. how did you get to be the rock star you are? So here's some data. So you have 16,800 connections on LinkedIn. You have 6,438 followers on Twitter. Did you know that? I did, and again, I should really be putting more effort into yeah. that, and I could totally build that up, we, but I'm so, I'm so lame. We'll talk about Twitter more. We'll get into that. You have 4,972 friends on Facebook. You have 1,663 followers of your No Vacancy Facebook page. How did you grow your followers? What did you do to, to build that, uh, I'm going to call it followership yeah, um, mostly I released a pandemic on the world, and that really got people <laughs> focused on what I'm doing. Um, but the truth is just being there, being consistent. And I learned that Facebook is a completely different animal than LinkedIn, where I found a lot of success on LinkedIn by just having relevant stories and sharing that with the appropriate hashtags, and they kind of take a life on themselves. Right. If you just put something on your Facebook page— it may just languish there. So I found, and it may be changing in the future, but I found a formula that works for me is taking those things and then sharing it on the applicable Facebook news groups. And then oh, magic kind of happens on its own. So for me, I share it in groups like USA Hotel Owners, uh, Patels for Hotels, the Hotel Marketplace. The reason why Patels for Hotels is a thing is there's a large Indian American community, the majority of them with the last name Patel, operates those hotels. So I find my super wonky groups because I'm already a wonky kind of a thing, Yep. right? And then I match it up. So I could get thousands of views on a video by simply sharing it in the right groups. If I just let it sit on my no vacancy page, I could get 200 views. If I share it, I could get several thousand views. Plus people go, who is this guy? Right. I want to learn more. Yep. And then they follow the page. So this is just brilliant. You can do the same thing in LinkedIn, joining groups and posting content to those groups. It does. I find that they're not working the way that they were supposed to work. I feel like that groups were great five years ago. And then LinkedIn said, we don't care about these things. Right. And they've made it very difficult to find success in there. And I'll tell you, I was very disappointed because when I launched this podcast four years ago, and I'm speaking the Mothership No Vacancy with Glenn Hausman podcast, podcast I said, man, this group has 272,000 people in it. This group has 500,000 people in it. I'm just going to put my podcast here and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be successful. 
nothing. Yep. Zilch, zero, nada. So I don't know what's going on with the uh, with the LinkedIn groups. And as someone that's uh, time-starved, I have not put as much effort into news groups as I probably should. It because... Facebook's so appealing. Yeah, and I will tell you, this is why it's worth worth bringing this up, is because the the groups are something you can do, and I've had this question come up. How can I make groups work? And my comment is, you can, you can post your content to groups, and that's fine, but what you're going to find is this, is that people have to go into the group to see that post. And they'll get a notification that there's a post there until they say, I'm tired Sometimes. to see these notifications. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't show in the feed. So it doesn't automatically push no. the feed. You're better right. off putting a hashtag on your LinkedIn post because people do follow hashtags and that does show up in the feed. Well, that's just brilliant. Yeah, on my No Vacancy News podcast and video page, um, I, I, I kind of have this back and forth issue that I'm dealing with. Because I have the 16,000 plus followers on my main page, and I only have a little over 1,100. I'm at 1,166 right now on the No Vacancy page. Where do I put my information? Right. Right? Yep. How do I build that audience? How do I cultivate a new audience while still leveraging the uh, the power of my Glenn Hausman personal yep. page, right? Yep. All I've been doing is been taking my posts and basically copying it on the No Vacancy News podcast and videos business page with the appropriate hashtags. And I'm every day I go on and I get new connections without having to do anything. Yeah. So here's what you could do. There's a there's, here's a tip on the algorithm. You post your content on the No Vacancy LinkedIn page. And don't share it, but comment about it or like it, and it will push it to your personal feed. And then what happens is people will see it, and it'll push them to go to the mm -hmm. No Vacancy page. The, Great tip. The other thing you could do is there's this new feature on LinkedIn, and this is a little more labor-intensive. You can invite 25 people a day to follow your, your No Vacancy page. Now, this, and it's per day, you get to 25, they lock you out, you got to wait 24 hours to do it again. This works probably less for you because you're you're kind of a sole proprietor, right? You don't have a team that's working that, that site right. is my guess. So right. if you have a team and you've got, say, five people that are on your sales team, you could have those five people. you got to give them admin access to the page, but have them just for, I would do it for a month. Every day they come in, have them invite 25 people, and you'll find that the number of people that are following your page will grow exponentially. But you got to share something wow, worthwhile to keep them there, right? Like <clears throat> what you're doing. You could, I could share your videos to my company LinkedIn page, and that's not a bad thing because it's great content. But you, again, I got to say something good about it. But the point is, start there, share your your content from that page, right. mm -hmm. and like or comment. Don't share it. As soon as you share it, that splits those posts into two parts. A great tip. And I think the, the lesson we're all learning is no matter how much you think you know about social media, you really don't. I spend my whole life, Mark, saying I don't know what I don't know. I take nothing for granted. I'm always yeah. a little bit confused. And I got to I gotta tell you, I'm a little bit surprised that a guy like you thinks I know what I'm doing when it comes to social media <laughs> because I'm still confused. Well, the proof is in the pudding. When you look at your numbers, the proof is there. And and we talked about this before. One of the values yeah. you have is you can stand up in front of 500, 1,500, 2,000 people and MC at an event or the keynote or something and say, follow me. But even then right. you say you're surprised you don't get more followers than you would think standing in front of that number of people. But it's still valuable. Uh, correct. Yeah. It absolutely is valuable. 
Every time you speak in front of a group of people, it's valuable. It's essential. Again, it's part of that long-term plan. I would not be sitting here with you today, Mark, doing this interview if I didn't put in the work speaking to groups of people where I had more panelists than members in the audience. That, right? Yeah. And you know something? I'm going to tell you, all of you that are trying to grow your organization, if you're shy, if you're an introvert, you feel like you can't do it, I charge you that you're wrong. You can definitely get up. You have, by being the expert you are, you have something to share, and people do want to hear from you once you realize you've got something to share. And I'll guarantee you, how many hours a week do you work at your craft? You're an expert at it. And 80% of the people out there don't know what you know. So you can share it. What's interesting, Glenn is Glenn's an introvert, so it was harder for him to get in front of people, I have a feeling. but No, you're absolutely right, Mark. I know you may be joking, <laughs> but I am a total introvert. You are and not. Me, are you I really? Had, oh, my God, yes. This 12 weeks, 10, 11 weeks, whatever it is I've been home has been manna from heaven. Oh, my goodness. I don't have to talk to people. No, uh, the true meaning of an introvert is somebody that could be very focused and have this persona like I have with you right now. But it's exhausting, yeah. And yeah. you need to go and have a lot of alone time and recover, kind of uh, right. after it. Right. I get very, very tired before speaking gigs on the road, and then I feel a little bit energized afterwards, and then the adrenaline wears off, and I just want to be left alone. Right. I spend a lot of my time in a t-shirt and a hoodie, like uh, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> or something like that. But I'm freaking broke, you know. <laughs> so, well, th I think it's really interesting that you're pushed out of your comfort zone, but you are able to turn that into value. Everything that I'm doing right now here on this show, I was horrifically uncomfortable with at some point. But I knew as a trade journalist in the hotel business that the only way that I could further my career, the only way I could differentiate Glenn Hausman, me, from the brands and the companies that I worked for was to get in front of people, to learn the art of public speaking, to learn how to communicate and forge those essential relationships that over time would yield me business success, but also provide me with the skills that I have to communicate most efficiently and effectively to get my message across and get people to like me. So I'm going to be skeptic. Mm -hmm. So the reason I can't speak in front of groups is I can't write. And you're a writer, right? It sounds like you came out of journalism. You learned the communication. I right? didn't go. I didn't go to journalism school. No, I went to. I went to. No, I, I in college I spent a whole lot of time focused on um, beer and that sort of <laughs> thing. I, I like writing. Yes, I like writing, and I was able to crack the formula of knocking out articles and stuff like that. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm prepared for what I do today. It's a totally different skill set, in my opinion. Right. Right. Okay. Um, being an expert in what you do and tapping into the confidence and knowledge and insight that each and every one of us possesses in our field of expertise, that's really where you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Speaking speaking from the heart. It's speaking with confidence. It's speaking from a place where you know what you are talking about. The biggest thing that I realized when it came to my journey from scared little boy trying to stand in front of an audience to a confident speaker that I can feel thousands of people in the room are focused and not on their phones and paying attention to me was just that moment where I realized that 
I can do it. There's nothing that can happen on stage. There's nothing that can happen with a technical glitch when I'm running my own show. There's nothing that can happen if somebody tries to stump me with a question that I don't know the answer to that could stop me. Because I realized at some point I possessed all of the information and knowledge and the ability to be successful in that particular venue. So it wasn't a knowledge issue. It was a getting over my fears and my own obstacles that I put in my way to find success to do this as opposed to anything else. That's just brilliant. So I have this, I, I do this mental trick and I truly believe it. So I shouldn't say it's a trick. I actually believe that when I'm in front of an audience that only about two people are really listening. And so, uh, you know, it, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's really gonna notice if I stumble, right? Nobody's Nobody really going notices. to, you know, and, and I tell you something, I, I have a, don't tell anybody, don't tell my wife all right, this. Sure, all right? I won't. I so won't. I, I'll, I read at my church. Mm -hmm. And so last Friday, I actually, this is a bit of a test. I, uh, I got up to read at the church and I, and there's this reading. And then after that reading, you're supposed to read something else at this. It's called the daily mass. Well, I don't go to daily mass. Right. So I read and I left and I got down in front of the altar, and the 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 priest, the celebrant, looked at me and went, "You got to read some more." And so I had to turn around, mm -hmm. go back up, and finish the reading. All right, not a big deal. I said mm -hmm. nothing to anybody, and I found out that nobody watched it. Nobody said anything to right. me about it. So I do think that there is this piece that is somewhat true that people don't really notice the things that you and I notice that we see was wrong oh, with yeah. our presentation. Uh, they really don't on, see on, it. I will tell you, because I, I've now been at this for a lot of years in terms of doing just a pure podcast, now with the video elements and all of that, I've gotten comfortable to the point that externally, um, I'm hoping that nobody can tell whether or not um, doing amazing in here or right. dealing with a lot of issues in here and think <laughs> that my performance for the day was a complete cluster F, right? Right. right. Um, I can feel that way, but I know that the audience doesn't necessarily feel that way. And to go back to your point about people watching, not watching, not paying attention, if I'm feeling a little bit off when I'm on stage, I find that one or two people that I know that are riveted, because there's always one or two right. in a big group of people, yep. and I look at them and I get the energy from them oh, that's brilliant. into me, which I could then turn around and put out to everyone else, which will hopefully create more of a, a, a wave of energy that will then build throughout the audience and come back to me. There is something that you are very good at conveying, and that's empathy. You are able to connect with people, and that is probably, that's a skill that I do think that all public speakers should have. The, and I don't know how where that comes from. Yeah, there's it's just the ability to connect. And Here's why I think empathy is so important, especially if you're you present publicly. Somewhere, somehow, someone's going to hit you with a zinger that you don't know the answer to, or you're not and ready it doesn't for. Doesn't matter, right? It's going to come out of left field, and if you turn it to you, if it's about you, you're going to freeze up. If you turn it back and try to empathize with the person that's asking the question to figure out what is it that they're really asking or why are they asking, and you could ask them a question. Say, so tell me, why are you asking that? Mm -hmm. You're going to find that that empathy turns into something that's genuine, because it is genuine, and you're going to really, you're going to blow up that question and make it look better than yeah. it could have. You said, oh, I don't know the answer to it. Um, I don't think that on stage it's good to ever say, I don't necessarily know the answer. I would ask the question, and you could say, I've never heard that perspective. I, I, this happened to me in, um, I, w I spoke to HSMAI in New York, 
And a guy in the group said, I, what was the specific question he asked me? He said um, he couldn't achieve something on a post. Oh, it was a connection request. He said, only people that are paid can receive, can connect to these folks. And um, if I get a paid version, will it help me to connect to these particular clients? And I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. No offense to him, if he's listening, he, it was he was wrong. It that wasn't the issue. The issue was he'd been sending out too many connection requests, and LinkedIn had actually stopped him. I did not realize that was what was happening to him. So I said, you know what? That's an interesting perspective. I'm going to find out, and I'll post it on my website and on my LinkedIn right. profile when we're after this. So watch for that. So it drove people to my LinkedIn profile. And I'll tell you, and that goes back to what I was just saying about um, nothing can really prevent you. You don't have to know all the answers. Right. You just have to be really confident in not knowing the answer <laughs> and conveying right. that. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Most of everything that we do is all show. It's all attitude and how we put ourselves out there. I Hopefully call it. I, can, I call it willingness. Yeah. Right. You're right. willing to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so and I think the other issue, Mark, is that people don't listen, in particular when they're on stage. Um, I spend a lot of time learning my craft, not by taking lessons with people that know what they're doing, but going to a lot of conferences and seeing people that they don't know what they're doing. Right. And uh, listening is the one thing that I come back to over and over and over again. In improv, you're supposed to listen and do a yes and type of response to people. Mm. That's the fundamental basics for uh, improv comedy. And it translates really well to whatever you're doing on stage. And it doesn't have to be a funny line coming after it. It just means that you're listening you're acknowledging, and you're continuing the conversation. One of the problems that I see most is people hear what others are saying, but then ignore the basis for so many great questions that are right there that are being handed to you. I love that. And instead, they're looking at their piece of paper for whatever they wrote down as next. For me, the proudest moment that I've ever had in my career was speaking in front of the Asian American Hotel Owners Association over two days a couple of few years ago. And each day I had five of the top hotel industry CEOs, total of 10 over two days. I had a whole lot of questions in my pocket. I went out on that stage and in two days with the most impressive people in my entire industry in front of over 3,000 people, I never took out the questions from my pocket, not once. I listened, awesome. I lived in the moment, yep. and I responded in an organic way that had emotion and caring behind it, well, and I got through both of them. But it was genuine. I mean, that's, that's what, right. and that's the key on think on this that, that is there. So my what I would urge anyone, some key take, takeaways, and I knew this was going to happen. Glenn and I could probably sit and talk for a couple of hours. And, I know our yeah. half an hour talk is yeah, already at yeah, forty-two minutes. Absolutely. So, so some just recap: you can grow your social media if you are willing to get out and do more public speaking, get in front of audiences, and that will help grow your brand, your personal brand as well as well as your company brand. I find I we generate a lot more leads when I am doing more webinars, when I'm in front of more people, when I join the No Vacancy podcast. Uh, show, I'm able to generate leads. So it is very worthwhile for you to try to do this. And then don't worry about getting zinged. Don't worry about something that is going to throw you off because really you're the only one that's going to know that you're off. And if you're able to respond, like Glenn said, in a, in a 
empathetic way, listening and responding honestly. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying I, you know, I am not this, right? right. You know, I Let am. Let me add something else to that thought, Mark. Yes, please. In the experience that I've had over the last ten weeks, the people that have been most successful, and they've almost all uh, been like this, are the ones that are open and honest. I said that earlier. There's something about being ultimately truthful and i don't mean just with the not lying i mean honest to your soul to your heart to who you are as a fundamental human being mm, when you good. convey that it doesn't matter the words that you say people don't necessarily remember everything you say they remember how you made them feel and by being open and honest they remember they feel good because the interactions with you even if they don't remember all the fundamentals that we're going to come away from this conversation Stop putting on facades. Don't try to right. be something you're not. Right? That's right. What I'm taking from this. Don't and, and and we but we're taught to do that. We are taught be something you're not. No, be who you are. Be comfortable in your own skin and be a little bit vulnerable. And when you can do that, you can be honest. And if you're honest, take everything right. you just said, put that on social media. If you're sharing content through a real honest um, um, prism. Um, venue how you know your philosophy is i'm just going to be who i am i'm going to share my expertise but i'm going to do it in an honest caring way i think that you'll find great success on your social media glenn you had yep. something else i could see it was on your tip of your tongue there uh dude i always have something else it just <laughs> takes time you know there is i, I i'm in a podcaster group on Facebook, and I like to see what people are, are up to. And a lot of people are just starting podcasts sure. right now. It's exploded, yeah. um, blah, blah, blah. But so many people are like, you know, what's the quick and easy way to get sponsors? I'm just starting a show. There's no quick and easy ways in life. I'm getting old now, and the one thing I've realized is the more corners you cut, the longer it takes to be successful. There's no substitution to hard work. There's no substitution to putting in the hours and there's no substitution to ultimately putting in all the effort that you can. If you try to cut corners, if you try to take the easy way out, you're doing yourself a disservice. Not going to work. Bravo. All right. You know, I got to stop. We're going to keep, we, you and I are going to be here for the next four or five hours. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. This was a great, robust conversation because you have so much cool info to share. And you know what? It hasn't been easy for you, but you have found success. And I know this, and you know this in your heart of hearts. We're going to come out of this. You're going to see more demand for you for keynotes, for emceeing events because of what you're doing now. Doing the hard work now is right. going to pay off. I hope so. Oh, it will. After There's all, no doubt. Six, six months from now, it's going to be six months from now. Right. Have you put in the work to get you to that point? Yep. Or have you just sat on your own and not empowered your own existence? I could very easily have sat back during this crisis. I could very easily have done what a lot of my, you know, competitors out there have done. The ones that have worked for other hospitality journal as uh, hospitality trade magazines. A lot of them got laid off. They're not doing anything. Yeah. They're 
forcing themselves into irrelevancy and actively destroying their careers without their knowledge because they're not doing what they need to do to build a better and brighter future for them tomorrow. I may not have realized it at the beginning when I started this, but you're absolutely right, Mark. I'm in a much better position. My audience has exploded. My visibility has really become prominent in this business, and I'm at a level that I could not have assumed I would ever get to before when my whole life was torn away from me in the beginning of March, and I lost 75% of my business. I could have crawled into a corner and cried. And yeah, right. there are a couple of days I might have done that, <laughs> but to just get focused and forward and have something that has meaning it's made all the difference, and I know the money will follow at some point. Right. So whatever it is you're passionate about, if you I can do this. it with your ultimate gusto and all the effort that you have within you from morning to night, you're going to be successful because nothing can stop you if you have the passion and put in that hard energy and you take the time to be good at what you do. I love that. Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. All right. So for the two people that are interested, how can they find you online? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, man, I was hoping it would be one. I'm delighted that uh, the interest here has doubled from what I expected. We just right? doubled the return just like that. I know. Boom. Find me at NoVacancyNews.com, of course, where you can text the word HOTEL to 66866 to get our newsletter. But most importantly, hey, follow me on LinkedIn. Notice I didn't say connect with me. Follow me on uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> Join uh, join our community on uh, Facebook, all of that kind of good stuff. And honestly, drop me a note if you wanna if you wanna talk about any of this stuff. You can find me at at Traveling Glenn. That's my social media handle. Outstanding, Glenn. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate hey, it. Great conversation. I love that. Uh, and I know that. Let's stay in touch. Who knows where things will go? And and I think that. Uh, I know that you're going to do well. So Hey dude, you you are you're uh, inspiring. You're really awesome at what you do and you're such a terrific communicator as well. I had so much fun today and I love not having to drive the conversation. <laughs> thanks for Thanks for letting me talk about me cuz no one ever lets me talk I about love me it. on my shows in my house nothing. So all right, so we have a deal. Anytime you want to talk about you, holler at me. We'll we'll bring you back on. You can talk about you all day long. All right, excellent. See you tomorrow. <laughs> All righty, my friend. Thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks, Mark. So, for the rest of you out there, thank you for joining us here on How's Your E Presence. What did we do at E? What did we do at E Presence? So, we manage personal company and collegiate social media. So, what does that really mean? That means we clean up the CEO's personal social media. We drive the company's social media accounts with a great plan and outstanding execution. And we help every college student out there get a professional profile because why? They're used to Snapchat. What in the heck is LinkedIn? We help with all with folks like that. And we also will help with consulting to make you all hashtag better. So if you're interested in our offerings, you can go right to our website. By listening to How's Your E-Presence, you automatically get a 5% discount. So go to epresence.me. That's epresence.me, because it's all about you. epresence.me slash How's Your E-Presence. Or give us a buzz, 404-939-8094. So um, for this show, just remember, we broadcast live on the uh, each month for Business Radio X on the third Thursday at 3. But you can catch any of our shows 24-7 by going to businessradiox.com and selecting the Gwinnett Studio. You can also find How's Your E-Presence on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and even on the Amazon Echo. Still love the Amazon Echo playing in my kitchen every once in a while with me on it. It's a little weird, but it also helps me get better. 
Um, we add content every week so you can stay up to date on all the business and what's going on in the social media world so you can be better on social media. Also, catch us on our website, epresence.me. We, all, we have all our podcasts there. This show is promoted by Amanda Pirch and produced by Eric Welch and Mike Salmon. Well, then, until next time, for my guest, Glenn Hausman, I'm Mark Galvin, and this has been How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X.